Hi everyone, welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. During the interviews, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who've carved out a flexible, well-paid career in the sector and work also with employers who champion diversity and gender equality. In today's session, we're talking about the critical skills that parenting unlocks and how they can contribute to your success in the workplace. I think this is a fantastic topic and I'm really excited to have Amy Henderson join us, who's the founding CEO of TendLab. And she's going to be sharing her insight on how parents develop their brains during parenthood. And we develop all these new great skills. And I think for me, this is really reassuring because I think for many of us, we feel like, oh, my gosh, am I ever going to remember anything again? I'm tired. You know, you're juggling so many more things. And so I really want this conversation today to kind of actually inspire you about all the great skills and things that you actually develop during parenthood and to realize and recognize those in yourself. And Amy's going to talk about where this all came from and the research that she's done, how she's now sharing this with workplaces. And ultimately, I want you to be able to tell your future employers or existing employers about why employing parents and about the skills you've developed is a really great asset in the workplace. And some of the things that Amy and I were talking about in prep for this interview was, you know, particularly for women who've been out of work for a while and they're thinking, well, I don't have all these workplace skills. Actually, there are a lot of skills you develop when you're supporting kids and parents that are transferable and added value in the workplace. So, Amy, I'm not going to steal your thunder. I would love you to share a little bit more about what TenLab is and what it does and just tell us more about this research and where it all came from, really. So over to you. Yay, Heather, it's so great to be here with you. And I love the mission and the vision and what you're accomplishing with Super Moms. And so I'm really happy to be here and to share more about what we've learned with TendLab and why it matters to the incredible moms and dads and all caregivers that you're helping to return to the workplace. So TendLab, we began when I accidentally got pregnant with my third child and I had three kids under the age of four. And like I tell my friends, it felt like the wheels fell off the bus. Um, I was, I just wasn't quite sure how I could continue to function as a really ambitious career woman who also wanted to be sane and have a relationship with my kids. Mm. And so while I was out on parental leave, I started calling up the working moms I most admired to say, how are you doing it? And these interviews proved so revelatory that I kept going. I ended up leaving my current work and focusing full-time on continuing with the interviews. And at first it was just moms and then reluctantly at first, but now I believe it's critical. I also began to include dads. And there were two big things that came about in these interviews. The first one was that everybody was suffering. All engaged working parents, no matter how resourced they were, felt as though they were suffering failing. Uh, There was a lot of shame. They were often sacrificing too much of their careers for their kids or too much of their kids, their relationship with their kids for their careers or their relationship to themselves and their own ability to to do self-care, to sleep, to exercise, to eat well. There was often one, two or three of those aspects of their lives that were suffering. Mm. Uh, But most people weren't 
openly talking about it because they felt a lot of shame about it and they thought they were the only ones. So that was the first thing. And then the second thing was that once we had had that reckoning awareness, once we had been honest to each other and ourselves about how hard it was, then we were able to recognize, and many people for the first time during these conversations with me, that parenthood was making them better that they were developing capacities within themselves that nothing else could have forced them to develop to the same degree. And so I eventually ended up conducting 237 interviews with high-performing working parents. And in order to get into my database, you had to be a mom or a dad that I admired or a mom or a dad that someone I admired admired. Yeah. And and so what I found with these 237 interviews was that there were a lot of different things that was hard for me to discern exactly exactly what were the skills the parenthood was developing. I had a strong sense that there were things that were happening that were making us better, but it was really hard for me as a sort of curious, passionate person, but without a data science background to figure it out. So I worked with a data scientist to help me code the interviews. And then I also began to look to research from other disciplines to help me understand what I was hearing and why it mattered today in our modern workplace. Um, and what I've done since then, well, I'm, I'll get into those, the, what we discovered through coding all of the interviews and looking to other disciplines to help us further validate them, because mm. I think that's a really important thing to push in on. But before I get there, to set it up and to explain what we do at Tend Lab, when I was still in the interview process, one of the people that I interviewed was uh, at the time... She'd been the original VP of HR at Twitter, and then she'd gone on to become their original VP of diversity and inclusion. And she also was a mom of three kids. And I sat down to interview her and I told her after her interview, hey, look, this is what's emerging as key themes in all of these interviews. And this is what the other research says. And she said to me, oh, my God, Amy. These are exactly the skills that are necessary in today's workplace. And we've been spending millions of dollars on our L&D budget, our leadership and development budget, to train leaders to develop these skills. And you're telling me that parenthood is the thing that potentially more than anything else brings them out? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, that's right. (laughs) Um, And so I, I was... Yeah. And it felt for me, it was this big aha moment. Like, yes, that's right. Like, that's why all of this matters so much today in particular, Mm -hmm. because there's such a big dissonance between what's actually happening in parenthood and what we as a culture believe happens in parenthood, right? Because when you become a parent, the perception is that if you want to meaningfully show up for your kids, you're going to have to sacrifice your career. And our research shows it's exactly the opposite, that when you invest time in showing up for your kids, you actually enhance your capacity to perform well in your careers. Mm. And so Janet and I formed Tend Lab with the mission of transforming our cultural narrative about parenthood's impact on career performance. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. So that's what we do. Yeah. And so we've we've been experimenting a lot with what how do you do that? How do you how do you transform our cultural narrative? We have been a boutique consulting firm working inside companies, doing everything from very in-depth, deep engagements with surveys and focus groups and informational interviews and um, you know, deep transformational work inside companies yeah. to we've done shorter term workshops and engagements that share the skills that parenthood can develop. We've worked with managers 
managers. We've worked with individual parents. We've worked with company leadership. We've done it all. And we're still in the process of learning. I think we'll hopefully be learning till the end of our days. But in terms of TendLab, we've developed a few key lessons and learnings that can be applied more broadly to parents as individuals advocating for themselves and to companies who want to meaningfully support their parents, um, which I'm happy to get into that too. But how about I talk about those five capacities that we found parenthood develops? How does that sound? Yeah, that'd be amazing. Because I think, you know, as parents, as I say, we, you know, we kind of always feel like, are we failing in different areas? So yeah, let's shine the light on those different areas that we can relish in and say, yeah, actually, we've, we've developed that. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, so to to talk about this first, I think it's really important to um, to point out that one of the main scientists who's been looking at the brains of both moms and dads for the last twenty years, her name is Ruth Feldman. She's a neuroscientist, and she has a lab in Israel, but she teaches at the Yale School of Medicine. Um, and what she's found is that based on her research and the research that she's reviewed of all the other of all of her other peers that the greatest potential for plasticity in the adult human brain is in the year surrounding the birth of one's child which is huge mm. when i discovered that it was this big aha moment for me because we know that our children are having drastic and very intense neurological changes, right? Like we know that zero to six is this period of rapid neurological change. When we, from the time our children are born until they're six years old, that's sort of like the the peak of neurological change and development. But what I didn't know and what I've since learned that basically nobody but uh, Dr. Feldman and her colleagues know is that there is a similar period of great potential for plasticity surrounding the birth of our children and researchers think that's because, you know, up until a few hundred years ago, it was common for a mother to die in childbirth. And in order for children to survive, every human had to have within them the latent neurological capacity to develop the skills to tend to children. Whether or not they'd given birth to the child, they had to have the capacity to develop the skills. And that's what Feldman and other have discovered in their research, that regardless of whether you actually carry and birth the child, the act of showing up for the job, showing up for tending to them, particularly in that first year of their life, Mm -hmm. is so intense. Survival is at stake, which any parent who's gone through that first year can tell you. And that's what leads to the most drastic neurological changes in the adult human experience, which which is huge. And so I always set that up first when I talk about these capacities to say that, you know, when you develop these capacities, it is during in this period of rapid change. And by the way, research indicates that these changes last a lifetime. It's not just having a child that gives you these capacities. So if you're, say, for instance, a dad and you, you know, your wife gets pregnant or and you she gives birth and then, you know, you spend you know a day in the hospital with her and then you go back to work the next day and you're not actively engaged in your child's life. This potential for plasticity will not be realized. However, if you're the dad that's actively involved, if you take your parental leave, ideally, if you take your parental leave after your wife has gone back to work and you're the primary parent who has to figure it out, that's when you can experience these neurological changes. But you have to be in a position where you are responsible, where you are primary and where you have to figure it out on your own in order to develop these enhanced skills. So we found that there's five main capacities that parenthood um, can develop. Also, it's very important to note that these capacities are only developed 
in a situation where a parent is supported. So if you if a parent does not have the support that they need and they fear for their survival or their child's survival, then these capacities actually degrade, which is why it's so important that we as a as a culture begin to more meaningfully resource our parents. Okay, so the first thing that we've discovered is that it leads to increased efficiency and productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been there's some researchers that have spent quite a bit of time looking at the brains of rats because it's easier to sort of you know dissect the brains of rats than it is the brains of humans. And they've found that similar to Feldman's research, that regardless of whether or not the rats actually birth the litter, that when they tend to a litter of baby rats, that they increase their capacity to um catch prey, they are five times more efficient in catching prey and have higher performance on maze tests due to better memory recall. Mm, Um, And yeah, it's so great. Um, And these researchers made a point of saying, you know, that this, that the, the rat brain is actually very similar to human brain. Rat brains are actually more similar to human brains than cat brains are similar to human brains, Mm. which is interesting when you think about it from a neurological standpoint. And then I had several quotes from the people that I interviewed that helped to validate this further. Uh, For instance, Liz Weissman, who's the president of the Weissman Group, she's written three best-selling books. She had four children while she was working as an executive at Oracle. And she told me, holding life in your arms gives you the perspective to sort out what matters and what doesn't. It gave me a filter to get through all the fluff and the chaos so I could be laser focused on what really mattered. Interesting. So it's about prioritization uh, then, isn't it? Absolutely. Increased efficiency and productivity because you just get through the fluff. You get uh, through the chaos, yeah. which in this modern workplace is increasingly important because we are the the speed and pace at which things are changing and the chaos that can be associated with that is, is increasing. Absolutely. Great. The second thing we found that I just really, that I love, this is one of my favorite capacities that develops is emotional intelligence. So I mentioned that Dr. Feldman has been studying the brains of moms and dads for the last 20 years, and she's found that when the parental brain is activated, parents are likely to develop, among other things, an enhanced capacity to anchor their feelings in the present moment, to resonate with others' pain and emotions, simulate others' goals and actions in one's own brain which is huge because when you look at the research around emotional intelligence, uh, Daniel Goleman is, you know, one of the best-selling authors that has written about this for quite some time. And he's found in his extensive review on emotional intelligence that beyond a certain point, there's little or no correlation between IQ and high levels of professional success. Instead, emotional intelligence accounts for nearly 90% of what moves people up the ladder when IQ and technical skills are roughly similar. Mm-hmm. which is huge. And then researchers also found that emotional intelligence has a huge impact on organizational performance. And there's a lot of research behind that, which is all cited in my book. But, you know, the point being that increasingly emotional intelligence is becoming important as we move away from being, you know, as we, as technology disrupts many industries and many jobs that have formerly been held by humans are going to be felt by technology what we do as humans is what only we as humans can do. And that has a lot to do with our capacity for emotional intelligence. Mm. And the more kids you have, um, do these keep growing and developing? <laughs> so you've had three. I mean, uh, <laughs> does that make I, you more? Yeah. With two? 
it's, I mean, I can't, so, so in terms of the research, the, the neurological research, I haven't been able to find much in terms of the, the number of children and how this correlates with an increase or a decrease in the development of these skills. But I can speak from a personal experience and from the people I've interviewed in that each of my kids has catalyzed a big change in my life and forced me to get clearer about who I am and what I want and my skills and my ability to contribute them to the world. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. I can definitely say that. Great. So what's um, next? Yeah, is um, an enhanced capacity for collaboration. And this is also something that Dr. Feldman has found in her lab. But one of the most interesting studies that I have come across as it relates to this is that when you think about the stress response that humans have, what, what do you think we, how do we respond to stress? What have you been told that our response is? I suppose it depends on you, you individually, doesn't it, really? I mean, you could go into panic mode or shut down or you could go into eating lots of chocolate or <laughs> different Right, right. <laughs> totally. Right, right, right. That's so good. That's so good. Well, I think, you know, traditionally when people talk about the stress response, they think we we have been told that the human response to stress is fight, flight, or freeze, right? So panic, um, you know, chocolate could be, consuming lots of chocolate could be one of those for sure. Um, But two female researchers at UCLA in the 90s said, you know what, this study that says that the human response to stress is fight or flight was done with only male subjects. And it was done back in the 20s, the 1920s. And they wondered if gender was a variable in the way that we respond to stress. Mm -hmm. And so they looked at the study, they unpacked it quite a bit. And their findings indicate that when a female responds to stress, particularly because for the vast majority of the time that we have existed as a species, as humans have been homo sapiens, females have been responsible for either carrying inside their bodies, carrying outside their bodies, breastfeeding, gestating, otherwise tending to small children, that if a female's response to stress was to fight, flight, or freeze, her offspring was would not be very likely to survive. Um, and in studies that they've conducted, they found that the female's response to stress, particularly if they have had children in this lifetime, and this could also be applied to men who have been actively involved as caretakers, that the response to stress for, for caretakers of small children is not to fight, flight, or freeze, but to tend and befriend. In other words, when it is operating and and when it comes on board during times of high stress, this fight, flight, or freeze response actually transforms into the tendency to seek out support from those around you Mm. and to care for those around you to, to meet the needs of the collective group rather than to think about only your own individual survival, which is very interesting. This is interesting. And, it, you know, it sort of stems from when you meet other parents who are having children at the same age and you're supporting each other during that first year. Something might happen at work and you have to be there. So it's calling on other friends to help you out and do pickups and things. I certainly see that amongst my friendship groups, um, for sure. So that's all about collaboration. Definitely, definitely. Which research indicates that, and I have a book that's coming out in February, but it goes into... Here, here's what I could say. Um, my first book, which is coming out in February, is all about the value of care and why it matters. Mm. And I talk quite a bit about the research that has come out of Google and others talking about how as our work becomes increasingly team-based, as we become increasingly collaborative in the way that we deploy our skills and meet our end goals, that the ability to 
collaborate is becoming increasingly important and that the capacity to collaborate is rooted in an individual's ability to be emotionally intelligent. So they're all connected, these capacities. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And they're great skills again for, for being at work, isn't it? Because it's all about teamwork at work. And I think some of the other conversations been happening is around not being able to talk openly about parenthood at work and feeling like you've got a team around you that's not just focused on you being successful at work, but also being successful in life is a key part, isn't it, really, of, you know, creating that open collaboration and teamwork? Yes, that is a key part. Mm. It really is a key part. And however, going into the next thing, what we found is that parenthood leads to an enhanced capacity for courage. One researcher, a neuroscientist and psychologist, has found that um, oxytocin, which is one of the main hormones associated with parenting, that it actually leads to reduced activity in the fear center of the brain. How that translates to parents in the workplace, I'm going to just give you this great quote because I think it's it, it speaks to the heart of what I've heard in so many of the interviews I conduct and what I've since seen in the workplace. There was a woman I interviewed and she was a senior level computer programmer who had built and managed the teams at several successful tech companies. And she told me that since becoming a mom, I no longer tolerate when a coder does a half-assed job and then fights when I tell him I'm not going to merge his code into the system. Before, I would hesitate and worry about it escalating into a team conflict, but now I'm not afraid to take a stand and say no. When I asked this, this mom, you know, was it just experience? Was she more advanced in her career? Is that how she was able to be more assertive with her colleagues? She thought for a minute and she said, no, it's because my daughter is a higher priority to me than my work. I now glean more of my value from my role as a mom and whether I'm doing right by her. And she realized while talking to me that this newly developed courage was allowing her to be more assertive at work and being more assertive was ultimately making her more effective. Like she said to me, I trust my gut more now and I don't want to waste my time. Mm. Isn't that so great? It is really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So if we've got these different skills, how do we communicate that to a potential employer for example like you know is it about sort of explaining use cases about these are my skills you know this is where I've demonstrated this outside the workplace like how how can people use this to be of value to them in developing their career yeah, that's such a great question. Um, so we do a, a workshop series for parents where we drill down into that in quite some detail. Mm. Um, the gist of it is that, a lot of the work that needs to be done is in our own heads, you know, as a culture, but as individual parents also. I can't tell you how many times I have gone into workplaces and I've heard parents say that they feel as though, particularly moms, but increasingly engaged dads, that they have to work twice as hard as people who don't have kids because they feel as though they are facing so much bias in their workplace. And that's, you know, been proven that there is significant bias for moms, um, that the gender wage gap is less of a about gender and more about motherhood and the gap that happens when a woman becomes a mother. Um, so the way that I would start, the way that we start with TenLab in terms of helping parents advocate for themselves is we say, hey, it's time to recognize that parenthood, you being a parent is not a liability, it's an asset. And the only way you're going to be able to realize these enhanced capacities that parenthood is giving you is, A, if you have the ability to show up for your kids in a meaningful way so that you have the time to be with them. And when you're with them, you're not overly stressed and rushed and freaked out, which, you know, is the case for most modern households today, mm -hmm. um, so that you're resourced to show up for them and that in your workplace, 
you're doing work that is deeply aligned and meaningful for you so that you feel as though you are able to um, bring the best of yourself to your workplace and that you're able to outsource the things that are not core and central to your main gifts. What I would say is that the best way that a parent can make use of this information is to know that when they are um, deeply supported, they're enhancing their capacities and they need to own their worth. Mm. Parenthood is not a liability, it's an asset, and it enhances your ability to perform well at work if you are well supported. So it's up to us as parents to make sure that we are supporting ourselves in the way we operate our home environments, in the way we operate with our children, that we have um, caretakers who help us with our children, that we can trust, that are um, reliable and loving, that we have relationships with our partners at home that are compatible and respectable and that are open where the communication can happen and where the sharing of responsibilities is a real felt thing. Mm -hmm. And that in our workplaces in particular, that we're able to meaningfully advocate for ourselves so that we're doing work that feels meaningful and productive to us and that we're not second guessing and doubting our ability to perform in the workplace because we are parents but instead we're recognizing that our ability to show up for our kids is making us better at work yeah and I think you talk about that aha moment reflecting back on those areas that you've talked about I'm like yeah no that's true And, and actually as a parent we just need to reflect on all those different areas and go yeah that would be me in this situation and absolutely in this situation actually that's what I can communicate to my employer or manager for example about why I've got that skill set and what it's meant you know from a transition maybe to previously if you wanted to or to talk about how you're efficient now or how you build as a team and use those examples you know you can bring it to life can't you if you're presenting in an interview or you know speaking on a one-to-one with your manager if if you if they wanted to reference this research or you you know a company was interested to find out more where could they go to find out more yeah so we have a website tendlab.com t-e-n-d-l-a-b.com you can email me amy at tendlab.com and we have a book that's going to be coming out in february that you can learn more about on our website and we have a bunch of articles that have been published about us and um, a few lovely podcasts like this one that we've been featured in Um, and there's those resources are all available on our website Awesome. And I think it's really nice to hear some of the initiatives that you're doing with companies around, you know, supporting parents. Um, What are some of the things that a company could do to support parents and to bring this to life a little bit more? Yeah, well, the first thing is, obviously, I'm biased, but, um, you know, learn about our research and the work we've been doing and recognize that parents are not a liability, but an asset. So that's first and foremost, I think that's critical to change our cultural narrative about parenthood in the workplace. Mm -hmm. But the second thing that I would say that we have found inside our workplaces is that it needs to come from the top company leadership, the the founding, the CEO, the C-suite, they really need to believe and recognize that parents are an asset to the workplace and they need to model it from the top. Uh, One company that we have done some work with um, that has asked to remain nameless, one of the C-suite dads found out that another C-suite dad who had just had a child was planning to come to work two days after his child was born. And this C-suite dad met his C-suite colleague in the lobby of the building where they 
work and said, go home. <laughs> this is really bad for company culture if you come into the office right now. <laughs> and so that dad turned around, went back down the elevator and went home. Um, so when, when, and I love that story so much because I think we need more dad advocates um, and, and even men who are not yet dads or who may never be dads, encouraging their senior leaders and the employees that work beneath them to take that time and to value it from the top down. So that's the first thing that I would say. And the second thing I would say is that um, once that senior leadership has been able to model it, there is often a disconnect between senior leaders and the way managers and middle managers and people that they manage experience that. So for instance, Another company that I can't mention that we've also worked with, um, they had a their CEO and co-founder took off a bunch of time when he became a dad. But the people who were managed below that level felt as though they didn't have the same ability to meaningfully to tune out of work when they were home with their children and particularly dads. Um, dads really struggle with feeling as though they can actually be off during that time. And so what we found is that it's important to train managers about the importance of encouraging their parents to meaningfully engage with their children, both while they're on leave. And then once they've returned to work, Yeah, uh, I'm surprised by how little awareness most managers have about how challenging it is to navigate parenthood with career, but also the assets that can be developed or the skills that can be developed when that experience has happened. And then I think as it relates to the moms that we were talking about here, Heather, the moms who might be returning to work after having been out to be caregivers for some time, you know, helping their managers and the senior leaders within the company recognize that they are incredibly valuable and that the skills that they've developed while they've been caretaking are critical in today's workplace. And to recognize that and realize that is a, is, is a group effort. The mom needs to recognize and realize that her manager needs to recognize and realize it. And so does senior leadership. Absolutely. And I think picking up a couple of really important points there is about quality both ways, isn't it? Because you're seeing we're certainly starting to see a shift within the corporates that we've been interviewing around more men taking up shared parental leave and them having that time to bond with their kids in the same way that a mother would, which very much aligns with what we've been talking about today in that they can develop these skills as well and, and develop because they've got that touch points with the the kids themselves. I think one of the areas that's still tricky and it's kind of almost like it feels a little bit out of control and that, you know, how do you manage it? But because there's so many ways that people can contact you these days, whether it's WhatsApp or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever for work or for pleasure, it's how do you create almost like an out of office across all of those areas? It's, it's very difficult, isn't it? And I think that's some of the conversations I've been having with mums when we did our, our retreat, actually, we took away some of our super mums on a retreat. You know, they were sort of conversation we were happening is that how do you switch off? How do you, if you don't get back to somebody, there's this kind of pressure that, oh God, you know, they're going to think that I'm ignoring them or whatever. But you've got to set those boundaries, haven't you? Those digital boundaries are really important or else you won't get the balance that you need. Research shows that if you try and do too much, you actually limit your capacity to, to do anything well. And so parenthood is the thing that forces us to recognize that and to build constraints into our life that allow us to perform better. 
Yeah, no, it's so true because with my last business, I, you know, I worked, you know, I would say all hours, but, you know, I'd come home and then have my dinner and then switch back on the laptop and, and crack on again. And I think, you know, having kids for me, you know, and having you sort of get home, have dinner and then put them to bed by that point you're kind of like right okay I'm switching off <laughs> you can't do anymore because you're kind of mm-hmm. you know you're spending time on both things and I think you know the weekends is all about going out and spending time with the kids and I think that's the boundaries that I've set myself and I think it is about people being strict from my point of view I need to book day activities that we go out and do or else it's quite easy for my partner to kind of default a little bit at home too easy to relax and not necessarily you know be on social whereas if you're out and about with the kids you're fully absorbed you're doing things with them you're having fun and so it is about planning those activities isn't it and that helps create that work-life balance where you can perform well at both things really yes I love the work you're doing Heather I think it's so important and I really appreciate that you are galvanizing your community and creating opportunities for moms to recognize and realize all the skills they have developed while serving as caretakers Thanks, Amy. And I think the work that your organisation is doing and the research will be really valuable to the mums that we've supported in the workplace and the companies that we're working with. They can all recognise and benefit from all this great information, all the research that you did whilst you're off on sort of maternity leave to some degree by the sounds of it. <laughs> sort of starting to really explore that. But, you know, look where it's led you. You know, you've kind of got this groundbreaking research which isn't out anywhere else and you're now sort of supporting parents in the workplace. So rather than going back to that first thing you said, people feeling like they're failing, like they're failing at work, whatever, I think your research and the book, definitely by the book that's coming out, helps you kind of really just turn that on its head and go actually you know what I've got this I'm nailing it yeah everything's not perfect and it'll continue to evolve but I think even this short conversation has helped me kind of go you know what actually yeah they're pretty good skills to have and you're right we are an asset in the workplace and it helps to put it in a very positive light so thank you Amy (laughs) for shining the light on the positive things of parenthood and hopefully that helps Mm -hmm. inspire everybody else to shout about them too so um, it's been great to have you on the call and to share everything your top tips so if you want to find out more about Amy and 10 lab you can visit their website and buy her book from February onwards but thank you very much for listening and hopefully you'll join us on the next show soon bye